Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that we believe are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we are thrilled to turn our spotlight back on a previous guest and a noted friend and supporter of OmniTalk, Uberall. Uberall, if you remember, is the global leader in location marketing technology. Its flagship location marketing platform solution empowers the world's biggest brands to connect with their customers and to turn online interactions into offline sales. And we are joined today by Norman Rohr, Uberall's Senior Vice President of Marketing Communications. Norman, welcome to the show. Hello, glad to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. We're excited because we're excited because you guys have just released, you Uberall have just released a new report. And that new report is on the topic of voice search and voice search readiness. Now, we've talked a lot about search. In fact, we've had you on this program before, um, members of Uberall on the program before, to talk about just the importance of search overall. But now search is evolving into the sphere of voice. And you guys have been studying this pretty significantly. So to start us off, for the listeners, specifically, what is voice search? How are you guys thinking about that? Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a good question because I think there's a lot of misconception around it. And part of the purpose of why we released the report was actually to address exactly this point. So what is voice search? Um, we shouldn't confuse it with simple voice comments that we give to an Alexa. So voice search in its definition is really you have a spoken search query that gets answered by, in the end, by one of the digital assistants. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, who are those digital assistants in, in, in the universe of what we're talking about? I think the one that probably gets the most uh, share of voice in the moment is uh, Amazon's Alexa, but obviously there's also Apple Siri, and Google Assistant, and some lesser knowns like Bixby or Cortona, for example. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, and that's actually pretty apropos, especially given that it was Prime Day as we're Prime Day this week when we're recording right. this, and Alexa voice devices were pushed pretty hard by Amazon, not surprisingly. Um, but that's interesting in terms of what you said. So that you know, it's not what you're talking. What we're talking about here, what we're about to explore in even more depth. It's not just the simple, "Hey, what's the weather today, Alexa?" or "Alexa, play my music for me." You know, either if I'm in my house, or maybe even I'm even hands free in my car, uh, or not. Not hopefully I'm not hands free in my car. But if I'm driving and <laughs> I don't want to use my hand in my car, um, it's not that queer. It's specifically like looking for specific information. Um, you know, that you need to understand or consume something out in the world. Exactly. So if you look at, um, and we actually dug into the whole issue of uh, digital assistance as well, but if you look into it, just asking, um, that's my typical use case. Google played Disney Princess songs because my daughter loved it. Mm -hmm. So that would count as a voice search. I would classify this as a voice comment. And incidentally, if you look at my CV, 20 years ago, I actually worked in the navigation industry and the voice industry. And that's where we addressed all this for in-car environment. Mm -hmm. But quite simply as a voice comment, it's not necessarily a search. A voice search is literally you ask a query and you get, in, um, you get a result back like a search that you would conduct on the internet, uh, on your browser. Mm -hmm. But there's essential differences. If you actually... Uh, Utter in uh, spoken language, you get a lot more uh, get a lot more long tail. What does that mean? So instead, uh, if you think back, if you look nowadays, something 
on your browser, on your desktop, on your on your mobile phone, you will typically just type in coffee, cafe, right? Single, uh, single word, and it will show you. That's what Google is used to. Coffee, uh, coffee shops or cafes around you. However, if you speak, you will actually say, "Where's the best ca- uh, cafe near me that is open right now?" So your questions get a lot more specific or to make it a bit more tangible, sorry, I'm pulling again from my family memories. That's um, okay. I live in Munich, and back in February, we had this first amazing weekend of snow in, uh, in Munich. My daughter looked at me and said, let's go sleighing, and I don't have a sled. So what did I do? Mm-hmm. I went to Google, and I said, where, uh, where can I buy a sled near me? Mm-hmm. Nothing came up. So I think it's really all those long-tail questions where you have a very, very specific question because when we speak, we don't constrain ourselves anymore to what we learned in the browser world. The questions get a lot more complex and so so need to get the answers provided by businesses or by Google itself. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's a and it's a whole different information system too, which I think we'll get into as well. But or in a lot of ways, it is. But or in terms of how you coordinate it, how, how prevalent it's one thing to talk about it. Like how prevalent is voice search now from your best estimation? And then what are the experts saying in terms of, uh, of what they think in terms of how prevalent it's going to become? Like, why is this an important thing for people? And especially, you know, our audience is mainly, you know, retailers and consumer product companies. Why is it such an important thing for them to get their heads around against that potential trajectory? Um, Yeah, I think that's a good question. Uh, Why is it a good question? It was actually one of the things that triggered, uh, the report, because I think at the moment there's a lot of scare or myth out. So one number that you hear quite often is, um, oh, by 2020, 50% of all searches will be voice searches. Yeah, Keep wow. Mind, yeah. 2020 wow. is only six months away. So um, <laughs> what is our best, uh, what's our best estimate right now? We know it's probably roughly um, 20% of all mobile searches. Mobile searches are okay. roughly 60% of Google searches. So my best hunch right now, if I look at voice searches, probably somewhere 12 to 15 percent uh, um, market share or uh, search share. So there's no way we're going to jump to 50 percent by next year. So I would say realistically 15 percent, but it's growing. And why is it so important? That's an interesting thing. I actually classify voice search and that sounds a bit uh, demeaning, but voice search in a way is actually local search 3.0. Hmm. So uh, you have to be, uh, because it's long tail and all the things, you have to get a lot more specific. So, uh, but this local search 3.0, this theme actually helps understanding why it makes sense today to already invest in voice search. Because uh, yes, you only optimize for 15% of your queries, which I think is still significant. Mm-hmm. But because you optimize for those 15%, you also benefit the 85% that come in via uh, browser searches on your mobile phone or uh, on your desktop. So you optimize actually for the entire um, universe. Mm-hmm. You're doing it all at once, right? Like you should be thinking about this. It's an important part that you can't let fall by the wayside. But you, And the nice thing is you can actually optimize all of the traditional search methods in addition to this growing phenomenon all at the same time. I mean, it makes a ton of sense. How... I mean, based on your background with Uberall, you guys have done... I mean, you guys are incredible experts in terms of just local search and enabling you know, businesses of all shapes and sizes to really make sure that their local search information is always accurate on, you know, the sources people are typically using. As you dug into this and you look to see, you know, how search ready are people and you produce this report, how search ready are, uh, you know, businesses, so to speak, 
Uh, how search ready are they in, in the marketplace right now from your data? Uh, what we did at Uber, we basically looked at a sample size, uh, size of uh, 73,500 businesses in the Boston area, which gave us a really solid understanding where the market is. We developed a methodology where we defined what voice search readiness means. And in the end, what we identified is that uh, probably only uh, less than 4% of the businesses are hitting the minimum threshold that we define as voice search ready, which in the end means they are present and correctly present on the top three portals that influence voice search, which are basically uh, Google, Yelp, and Bing. So you says okay, if you, yeah, hold on. So I want to make sure that our listeners hear that correctly because there's some some pretty important things that you just said there. So number one, from the investigation that you did, I want to make sure I heard that number correctly. But you said four percent, less than four, less than four percent of companies are voice search ready. Uh, yes, exactly. So three point eight two percent of businesses are ready. The good news though is. It doesn't take you a lot to actually stand out in the marketplace. That's how I look. Uh, I would actually turn this around. So if I want to be, uh, if I look at this right now and think about the implication that it actually helps me in general, even for the 85% of non-voice search users, it doesn't take a lot to actually stand out from the pack and monetize on voice search. Right. And that was, I think that's a good segue. And I imagine Anne has a question around this too, because I can kind of see her jumping at, at the bit here for that as well. Is it, you also mentioned that there's just certain platforms that really drive that readiness. What were those? I think you said three platforms, if I'm not mistaken. What are those platforms where if, if you really understand the low-hanging fruit here and that this is already 12 to 15% of the share of searches and it's only growing, what are those platforms you really have to have dialed in to make sure this data is correct at all times? Mm-hmm. So just to give you the anti-universe, if you look at uh, yeah. U.S., uh, local uh, search voice search what is impacting voice search are actually 37 platforms in total Jeez. directories uh, platforms whatever um, I can give you the full number but I think if you nail it down if you really think about what are the digital uh, assistants using today it basically boils down to three platforms that really matter the most which are Google Bing and Yelp and those actually feed all uh, all the main digital assistants, be it, uh, be it Amazon Alexa, be it um, a Google Assistant, be it uh, Siri, um, be it Cortona. So um, I think that's why it's so critical. It's actually not a difficult job. Just focus on those three and get your uh, get your things together. Interestingly, one of the things that we found out, the most neglected of all uh, platforms is actually Bing. More than half of the businesses, so 35,000 out of uh, 73,000, had completely forgotten about actually listing themselves on the Bing. If you're not listing on Bing, you basically lose Cortona, you lose the cost reference because Google obviously also checks is the same business also pre- uh, present on other, on other platforms. Right. So you basically lose a huge opportunity. Because tri- Google's triangulating against all the data. Right. Interesting, interesting. Norman, if I'm one of those businesses that has an, that's in the less than 4% that has the opportunity to really monetize being voice search ready, what are the things, because I think this can get, it can probably seem really overwhelming. I think a lot of businesses are just trying to get their hands on being search ready. Um, what are the main things that a company needs to do or business needs to do in order to be search ready? I think that's, um, that's a good point. So now a lot of what you can do, like I said, makes actually sense already in the, uh, just purely from a local search point of view. Right. Get your 
business listings, uh, right, that your business information is listed in as many portals as possible with the correct information. So what we found is uh, almost 25% of the businesses have inconsistencies on their name from one platform to the other. Hmm. So if you now think, uh, what would be a search engine do? Uh, they wouldn't understand is a business called uh, uh, Papa Joe's uh, LTD, the same as Papa Joe's Coffee. So they basically will give it a lower ranking. So mm. just making sure that the information is correct actually already helps you. Then I think obviously focus on the, in the first step. If you can't handle everything, focus on the top three, the, uh, the ones that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Another thing um, that you could do is think in terms of um, access speed of your website. Voice searches will be a lot faster than um, or require a lot faster response time mm. than what you typically get from um uh, that you would normally expect on a mobile phone or on the desktop. So make sure that the speed of your website is good. Then um, other thing is uh, what you have to do is we talked a lot about the long tail nature of voice search. Hmm. Really think about uh, uh, really think about what your customers are looking in all terms, uh, all all sorts of variants, the structure, data that can easily be picked up. One thing uh, that is probably in the future. Um, tactics of the past is that think about having people wrote those SEO optimized texts and they would focus a lot on the headlines. Exactly. In the voice search world, headlines won't matter as much anymore because it's a lot more about the content that is in uh, that is uh, presented in the text. A good strategy for voice search, by the way, is uh, having uh, deated FEQs because typical FEQ answer is around about 29, 30 words and that's about the length that you want to have in the in the voice search world. Uh, so um, optimize for the FTQs, you actually get much faster answers. So one of the shortcomings uh, that you currently see the digital assistant, you ask a question and you get something back that is one and a half minutes long. No one wants to wait that long. Right. That's mm-hmm. why prepare need and short, um, uh, and short um, uh, FEQs. Um, other tactics, and now we're getting more into actually what works in the voice world. If you think, um, uh, in the past, URLs were a lot short, uh, were, were short, and you need to be catchy or something. So you would see something like B, then the number four, then the number two, and tomorrow. So basically, before tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the voice search world, you suddenly have to think about how how do people pronounce it rather than type it. Mm. It's catchy, but then, so you can. There will be. I predict there will be two trends. The first thing is you will probably see a lot longer URLs because people don't care as much about uh, long URLs when they actually speak it. Right. The second thing is you get a lot, uh, lot less or a lot fewer of those fancy URLs because people simply can't pronounce it. Or think about foreigners like myself. I can't hide it. I'm a German. And, uh, <laughs> if I use Google, uh, for me, Google Home is actually a real challenge in the sense that my, my family speaks English. Um, the Google Home device is in English, but uh, it can't handle German uh, address information. It can't handle, or at least it pronounces it in an American way that is unnatural to me. Mm-hmm. Or often I throw, it, I throw, I make a comment and I get something back that I was not expecting. So people need to get a lot smarter around their audience, make it easier for the people to speak it rather than to type it. Mm-hmm. That's probably maybe in a nutshell the top five things I would think about. If you're a retailer, and I know a lot of your listeners are retailers, mm-hmm. my recommendation would be don't focus as much on the more fancy things of voice uh, conversational commerce or voice commerce as the first step. I would probably first get the 
basic rights, so basically voice search, then I would think about use cases. A good, good use case that comes to my mind is Domino's Pizza, which is, uh, uses voice search to help people track where their order is in the delivery process. Mm -hmm. right. Is it coming in five or ten minutes? Because they got a lot of calls, oh, is my pizza already on the way? So now you can use voice search to do it. And then I think, yes, as a retailer, you should uh, run limited experiments on voice uh, commerce just to see how is it accepted so that you are on the learning curve. But I would always have this maybe as a step three forward and focus on the um, focus on the hygiene factors in the first step to get search traffic. Because the one thing that you have to bear in mind, uh, local search, uh, the near me queries are actually converting mm -hmm. at almost 5%. So if you show up, uh, coming back to my example, the uh, sled near me in Munich when the first snow comes, mm -hmm. I didn't care about things. So uh, you have a higher margin. And when I find someone who actually has sleds, I buy them because I can't see my daughter crying. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You think about the convenience yeah. that search unlocks and yeah, I, I would imagine that the conversion is, is much greater in those scenarios. If you can find something quickly, conveniently it's open and then you get to the actual retailer's location and that sled is there and you're in and out. I mean, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. The proclivity is already b built in, in a way, right? To your point. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Now my challenge to you, what do you think? How many retailers showed up and I looked for a sled near me in Munich at that February night. With your German accent, <laughs> I would say uh, two? Um, I actually typed it, so the accent didn't <laughs> oh, okay. Fair, fair. Uh, I think I had three results, some of them which were pretty far away from Munich, and I didn't believe in the results that came up, so it was actually, uh, I think, three kosher stores showing up. Right. So in the end, I went to the, the traditional thing that I called the home improvement store next to my house because I believe if anyone, they have it. Mm -hmm. And I was able to reserve the last door. So think about the scenario that would have been great. They have a connection to the uh, stock system. They basically show me, oh, slaves are available, so I go there. Mm -hmm. That would have been the ideal way of converting those searches uh, and make revenue from, mm -hmm. uh, from local search and voice search. Yeah, I think when you're thinking about the psychology of that search, too, and what actually happens when you do a voice search for exactly like you said, Norman, I mean, the results that are returned right now are are not good. I think I would say like when you're when you look into even even when you're asking questions like what's the best coffee shop near me? I mean, you're still served a bunch of information that you have to sort through. And so I imagine as you can get that uh, as retailers especially start to get that information really um, called down and put into a format that helps and serves uh, the consumer much more quickly and reliably, that will that will just improve um, improve search and improve the margins for those retailers. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other the other really interesting thing here for me in the scope of this conversation is that you know it's really it's really about how is your data evolving for what's coming next. Um, and how are you thinking about your architecture and your structure of all that? I mean, a couple of things have happened to me just in the past week that are germane to this conversation. One is, you know, somebody yesterday was just talking to me about how previously defunct domains, I think they were using the example of pets.com, are now worth a lot more because of this phenomenon of how will people end up searching for them via voice? Like, like you were saying, Norman, like in terms of how do we actually talk? 
Um, there's even a little bit of the, which is a theme, it keeps just coming up again, and it seems like it's coming up all over, but the old, what was once old is new again. Like if you ever looked in the yellow pages, you mm-hmm. know, back in the day and how that was structured and how businesses were named. They were named those things in a way so that they were easy to find, they were easy to locate. But as we went to URLs, things got shorter and it actually became harder to find. Like if you needed a handyman for your house, like mm-hmm. those are things that are harder to find now than they used to be. Or you needed somebody to repair a certain aspect of your roof or your yard. Like you could just go into Yellow Pages and do that. And so it almost feels in a way, I'm just kind of going off on a diatribe here, but it kind of feels like in a way, voice now is enabling some of that that was really useful and valuable to come back into the equation. And it's really a question now of, of how do people get ready for this? So to that point, as a segue, there was a reason for that long-winded um, uh, diatribe. But like, what in your study, what retailers, what businesses, because you guys looked across a, a wide section, who is more ready for this coming world uh, versus who is not? And what are some of the factors that make one you know, more ready or let's say less ready? So yeah, I agree with you with the optimization, although I have a hard time imagining that we come back to the days where people have to say triple A cleaner uh, near me. So um, yeah, I think there's a different strategy for everything. Uh, but one thing that we really found out is that um, the, well, fun fact, uh, diversity, diverse performers were uh, consumer protection agencies. So if you protect consumers, you're probably not optimized for voice search. But we really looked at... Um, uh, we really looked at different, uh, differentiators in the market by industry. And what we found out is, yes, no, not surprisingly, retail and perhaps tourism are the most voice search uh, ready. But if I say most voice search revenue, we basically talk about um, probably in the retail industry, 15% of people who hit the 90% threshold, which is basically set by being correctly present on the, uh, on the free uh, top portal. If I look at tourism, we are somewhere at the 10%, maybe healthcare beyond the 10% range. So, uh, which basically, turn, uh, to put it a bit more negatively, we're basically talking about uh, 85, 90% of businesses, even in those most advanced industries that are, uh, that are not ready. So, um, you have to, uh, I think there's a huge opportunity. And I think a good case that I actually would call out is probably, um, BP. What BP did is, if you look at the company BP Retail, they are not in the gas business anymore. They are also coffee shops. They are also probably one of the top fast food stores. If you think about how much how much food they sell, they also have often uh, retail shops, convenience stores in there. So the way they uh, what they now do is they really think about uh, pin in a pin strategy. So yes, there's the BP gas station. But you also find, oh, there's, there's, uh, there's a coffee shop in there. Or you find uh, them in the UK, there's a Marks and Spencer um, uh, retail store in there. So people need to get a lot more sophisticated in how they optimize for those long-term queries. And I think uh, you can really learn from companies like, sorry for calling out BP again, uh, that have um, really developed the mastery and really pushing into uh, use cases. Uh, that uh, focus around voice search and voice search. Absolutely, yeah, and don't apologize at all. I mean, I think it, I think what it also speaks to. Where I have to imagine, you know, based on what you've been saying too, like the more locations you have, just the infinitely more complex. I have to imagine managing all of this is right. Yeah, and I think that the voice search readiness report that you guys have put together is not just valuable for the companies at the top thinking about the basic information, you know, store hours, location. 
um, those kinds of things. But also the whole approach to marketing your business now and what your what direction and context you're giving your marketing departments and agencies that you're working with as a retailer, just on how you're you're delivering calls to action for your consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally agree with this. So one of the things that we observing in the marketplace, and now I have to go beyond the uh, bit beyond the voice search, is that uh, if you think about it for a long time, the global trends were actually on the rise. You wanted to be uh, when consumers were not yet as empowered for their mobile devices. You basically, the only thing you could rely is, oh, I know I get a certain expected quality in the standardized product like McDonald's. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I can rely on Starbucks to deliver me a certain experience. But now with the, uh, with the emergence of me searches, best searches or so, that's actually this interesting thing that uh, doesn't matter if you're a McDonald's and you spend $100 million uh, in top-line advertising in Japan right. or a billion in the U.S., you suddenly compare yourself at a local level. So all brands become local business again. If mm-hmm. you then go somewhere in, uh, in Minneapolis or if you go in uh, San Francisco and mm-hmm. Guess what? It's not Starbucks that shows up. It's not Pete's Coffee. Mm-hmm. It will be probably uh, the top five results or so. It will probably be individual chain, uh, coffee shops that simply do a better sh- uh, job at catering to the customers and fans um, have a better review. That's why they get um, that's why they get a better ra- uh, ranking in Google. So the challenge now for the uh, for um, bigger chains is actually to really do as good a job at the local level. Right. As the local folks themselves do. And I think uh, that's where a shift in the mind has to happen mm-hmm. in the marketing department. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially for those large retailers. I mean, they're, they, have mm-hmm. a, they have the resources, but they have a lot more work to do than the local coffee shop. And to your point, Norman, you know, it's, uh, it's almost like yeah. a level playing field right now. And, you know, you, like you said earlier, it's, it's about who can be ready most quickly um, and what the returns look like for those businesses. Yeah, it's the cool thing about technology right now. It's it's leveling the playing field for the local mom and pop shop in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing, though, is that I would like to call out is, um, yes, it's true that probably the top five search results that you get right now in your street when you look for something are, let's call it independent SMB, but uh, it's only the it's only the top of them that actually do it. I would say most SMBs, based on our analysis, they actually not doing anything. Right. Uh, it's Yes, I need to do marketing. They have to do all the other things so they do the bare minimum and the bare minimum is not enough. The ones that really excel, they will stand out. So I think the challenge, uh, coming back to this, the challenge is uh, how do you uh, how do you do this actually right. as a business? Uh, you're a big company uh, or a smaller one because you can't do everything. And that's where it comes to what we found out the, the probably three quarters of the businesses that aren't the uh, that meet for uh, our boys such ready, they work with a partner. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not all of this is overall, but uh, at least you have someone who you can uh, delegate a job and they get the job done. Mm-hmm. And you can focus on things that are a lot more uh, uh, higher value. But being an S&B marketer for probably uh, past 10, 15 years, and I understand how an S&B works. Uh, you, um, first of all, you you have limited resources, so you don't want to necessarily spend money on everything. Um, you uh, you set your own priorities, and then that's when the, the hygiene factor, so the nest, uh, essentials, basically start slipping. I think that's probably to think about. But then again, from a, from an SMB perspective, as an SMB in this new world, you can actually 
only win as long as the big brands don't change their thinking from, oh, we are a global brand, we don't need to necessarily think about the local instances. The way I look at it, um, any transaction in a shop is basically between the barista and the customer, it's between the shop assistant and uh, the shopper. So it's a local, uh, in the end, if you're talking about local transactions, you need to optimize for those local relationships. Yeah. And like Ann said before, I think, especially if someone is thinking of getting off the couch and going in that store to right. do something, right? That is the most valuable interaction financially that you can have as a business because it's much more profitable to do your business that way. And so, yeah, I think that last point, that's a good one. I mean, I think that's it. It's really, you know, this is a complicated topic. It's going to become more and more important. Um, and you're probably going to need help to try to figure it out, regardless of the size of the business that you are. And, and that's important to think about. So I think on that last point, and then we'll get you out of here on our, on our standard, how millennial are you, which I'm dying to do with you because I always love the transatlantic versions of those questions. But if they want, if people want to learn more, if our listeners want to learn more, how can they get their hands on this report? Where can they go to have this conversation, uh, even more fully? I think a good, um, uh, good start is probably going to our website. We have prominently placed it. So if you go to uberall.com, that's U-B-E-R-A-L-L.com. Um, if you go into the media or resource section, you will find a report. Just download it and feel free to send me any comments via contact and I'm happy to respond to them because I think it is an issue that is close to my heart. Uh, I'm really <laughs> excited about it. As my, Excited as much as the German can be. I'm not sure what the interest is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so but good. For 15 years, I really love the whole topic. And I think uh, way too many people place emphasis on ads first rather than doing uh, the SEO stuff or doing mm -hmm. the, uh, the essentials that actually get you traffic for free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, we, can, we love the enthusiasm. It's so awesome to hear. That's why we love doing what we're doing too, because you just are working alongside passionate people every single day who just really care about the subject matter about which they're speaking. So, And we'll make sure to post um, that link on our blog as well too when we put the uh, today's podcast on the blog and, um, for you uh, to listen to at your leisure. So uh, expect that to be coming. So I think in closing, it's probably time. Norman, are you ready? It's probably time to play How Millennial Are You? Norman, are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. The first question for how millennial are you is when the option is available, you're at the grocery store, you're getting ready to go check out. Do you use mobile payment or do you pull out a credit card or cash? A credit card. A, a credit card. Oh my gosh. Okay. okay. Why? It's already super hot in Germany because most shops don't accept credit cards. Oh, getting really? What are what are they taking for the most part? Uh, I think uh, debit cards and things like this. So debit cards, uh, cash. Still? Mm, yeah, at least I don't use cash. So okay. I'm probably at least I have this one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little more advanced. That's awesome. That's awesome. How prevalent? It, just out of curiosity, like because we we haven't. Um, it's been a while since we talked to somebody from Germany. How prevalent is uh, the Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, those types of things over there at this point in time? I think it's picking up pace. Uh, well, I'm probably not the right person to answer. So um, <laughs> to to be quite frank on this side, so I'm yes, I'm 
I've been a tech marketer for a long time, uh-huh. but I always have the uh, more conservative stance towards adoption of technology. I use technology when I believe in it. Yeah, and then that gives me also much much uh, differentiated look at the scene because I understand people who don't want to use my product are not one of the sector marketers that suddenly sits there and says, "Oh my gosh, it's so easy to use. Why don't you use this?" Because <laughs> I look at it and see the people around me. I see my mother who's uh, some 80 years old. I'm like, oh my God, I get it. <laughs> now you get it right. That's probably a good discerning eye to have. I like that. That's fun. This is going to be fun. Okay. Yeah, you, you didn't do great on that question. I'm not going to lie, but let's do question two. All right. How many times in the last week have you ordered coffee or dinner or lunch through an app? Probably once. We ordered some um, home delivery Okay. So, uh, last week. Okay. And are you a Starbucks guy at all? I know you're traveling this week, so I'm curious. Is like Starbucks coming with you, uh, you know, internationally at all via their via their mobile um, applications? No, I don't have any of the mobile apps. My wife has the card and the app, but I'm old school on that side. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, Norman. Last question: If you could only use one social app, which would you choose and why? Um, I think I get you into trouble with this one. Uh, I would choose Line. Okay. So uh, no Snapchat, no uh, no uh, TikTok or whatever, but Line mainly because uh, I lived in Japan for a long time. Okay. And that's where my contents are on. So I think Japan, uh, if you don't have Line, you're lost. Interesting. Tell us a little more about that. We've never heard about that one before. Yeah, I think you will actually figure if you go to Asia that each of the countries have their own... Uh, how would you call it, pillar social apps and mm-hmm. the sure. line, like, I think it's a simple messenger. Yes, you have the shopping concepts that you typically have in Asia in there. But the main uh, the main thing is just everyone in Japan has it to see the best way to connect. And since Japan is close to my heart, my wife is Japanese, so um, it's important for me to stay connected to my friends in Tokyo. That's awesome. We're going to have to check that out. Yeah. My wife used to live in Japan, too, so I'm going to have to check that out and see uh, see what she thinks about that. We've never talked about that, so that's cool. Very interesting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I don't I, I don't know how you did. We don't usually rate you. We usually leave that for you guys to play this back in the office and then let the, the office colleagues kind of decide from there. But uh, but that was fun, as you always. You played. Yeah, you played. You played. Yeah, Thank exactly. you, Norman. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and we learned a lot, too. So that was cool, especially that last question. That's a new response for us. So it's always good to hear new things. But hey, again, thank you so much. Uh, Norman Rohr, the overall senior vice president of marketing communications. Thanks so much for being with us today, Norman. Thanks so much for sharing all the relevant findings from uh, Uberall's voice search readiness report. Again, if you guys want to check that out, you can go to their website and find it under the media tab. Uh, and you can learn about it. And you can read about it. it. There's a lot of really interesting data in there really changed my mind in terms of how I've been thinking about things in terms of our small business that Dan and I have been starting up here locally in town in Minneapolis. Going to start putting some more thought to it actually when we get back today. So I encourage you to check it out. Of course, we'll have the this podcast on our blog and on social media very soon. And of course, to everyone, as always, thanks for tuning in and be careful out there. <laughs>